this. If you've never read the Bible and you're starting, matter of fact, uh, Reverend Love has talked about it, but we just finished our yearly Bible reading. This is the last day of the year. I read my last scriptures for the year. Uh, we'll start a new Bible reading schedule tomorrow. Um, it's the Robert McShane is what we use, right, Reverend? Am I getting the right one? Right. We have a link that we show in the list. You can also ask us. You can get it on your phone. It's about four chapters or so, five sometimes a day. And if you start with us tomorrow, you'll finish next year, December 31st, 2023. And we encourage you to do so. And if you've never read the Bible and you're getting ready to read Genesis, you're in for a treat. There's quite a story there. We'll read to you one verse of Scripture in the book of Genesis, chapter 37 and verse 19. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Behold, this dreamer cometh. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord on a message entitled, Adventure Awaits. Adventure Awaits. Let us pray. Reverend, Reverend Love, sir, would you please pray over our message and messenger tonight. Amen. You may be seated. I'm excited about sharing what I have, I believe, from the Lord for you tonight. I'm excited about tomorrow morning. And so I encourage you, open up your heart, let the Lord bless you real good this evening and tomorrow. If you are a reader, there's something about finding a good story. A book that when you open it up, it grips your attention. The turning pages. And you can't wait to see what happens. We call them a good page turner. Because you're looking forward to what is coming up. But in a good story, rarely does the story go smoothly. Or it wouldn't be much of a story. You don't read a story of, well, the child went to school, had enough to eat, had enough clothes, got married, lived out their life, retired with a decent 401K, and didn't have many problems. That's not much of a story, is it? Usually, for a good story, there are several things that need to be involved. An adventure, a land to go to, whether geographic or spiritual, or emotional. Usually, there is a monster to overcome, a treasure to find, and a safe return home. And when you have those things, the tension of, is he going to find the land, the island where the treasure is? Is he going to overcome the monster? 
Will he make it home safe? And that tension is what keeps the story good. Now, if that's what we're looking for in the story, then what makes us think that our life is going to be smooth? That wouldn't be much of a story, would it? Well, he got saved at five years old and lived out his life and nothing much happened. No. God sends us on an adventure. He understands that the challenges, a place to go to, whether geographically or whether spiritually, the monster to overcome, the treasure to find, and the safe return to him are all essential elements in our life story. Amen? And yet some people, they fear the adventure. They want to curl up in a ball, stay off in a corner somewhere because they're afraid of facing the monster. They're afraid of stepping away from what's comfortable, what's known. Well, you can do that, and there are people that live that life. They stay off in some corner somewhere, provided for by the government, protected from uh, whatever challenge may come their way. Maybe family feeds them and takes care of them. They never know much adventure, but they never know much life either. And so I encourage you, as we embrace this new year, adventure awaits. Don't avoid it. Embrace it. Don't run from the challenge. Open your heart up to it. Now, I know there were probably, it was in my years, this year, my days, I know there were probably days this year where you thought, man, I don't know if I can take much more adventure. (laughs) Boy, it's coming from the left and it's coming from the right. One of our churches posted a little uh, screenshot that I saw right before church. It was a, a wildebeest. I think that's what it was which is my nickname for William. I call him Will the Beast. Amen? Anyhow, it was a Will the Beast that was being attacked by lions. And there was, must have been a dozen lions around it. And there were two lions that were on it. One was biting its back, trying to get up to its neck. Another one was hanging on its back. And the Will the Beast was going around and, and trying to get around to the other lions. And it looked like this thing was done. And about that time... The other wildebeest showed up. And when they started coming up and, and pushing those horns around, I saw one line go flying this way, and those other lines began backing up. And, and suddenly that one that was being attacked was set free. You know, this coming year, when you feel like uh, that you're being attacked, why don't you get around some other wildebeest, amen? <laughs> some other Christians, if you will. Don't worry, God hasn't forgotten where you live. Don't worry, you're not going to be overcome by the challenges. The Bible said there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will provide a way of escape. You say, I don't want to feel any teeth in my back. I don't want any claws in my backside. But you'll never know the adventure of having won the battle and overcome. You have a bully story? I've got one. Now, I don't like being bullied. Matter of fact, I have to probably admit, I like a good bully story. When the little kid is getting picked on by the big dude, 
And he gets thrown around and he gets beat up and, and he gets his, blood, his nose bloodied. And then during the summertime, he learns jujitsu, karate. <laughs> he bulks up to 250 pounds and he comes back. And the next year, he just wipes the ground with a bullet. Don't you love that? There's just something about that. But the bully story wouldn't be a bully story if he didn't face a challenge he couldn't overcome at the beginning. Which pushed him to become a better man. I tell you this year, you're going to face some bullies. I tell you this year, you're going to face some enemies. I tell you this year, you're going to feel some teeth on your back and some claws in your backside. But don't quit. Don't hide in the corner. Don't run from the challenge. We're soldiers. We're overcomers. Adventure awaits. I read to you just one verse. It's so good. I wish I could read it all. I bet tonight we could sit down and I could just read from Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 50. If you've never read it before, you'd be enthralled at the story. The stories of a young man, a teenager, Joseph, 17 years old, who God gave a dream A dream that he was going to be a a leader. He was going to lead his brethren. He was going to lead even his parents. He didn't understand the dream at the time. And he perhaps unwisely shared it with his brother. Didn't have a whole lot of tact. Shared it with his parents. And it seemed like he was coming off as kind of a proud and cocky dude. Maybe he was. He didn't know that to get to where the dream was, there was going to be. It wasn't a straight line. It was going to be a circuitous journey. Amen. Amen. He was going to go through some ups and downs and around some valleys and uh, around some mountains and down some valleys. And so when we find our Joseph being sent on his adventure by the father, the father says, go check on your brethren. And when he goes, young 17-year-old Joseph, unbeknownst to him, embarking on this great adventure, his brethren see him and said, behold, this dreamer cometh. I got to tell you, the world doesn't like people who have a dream. I got to tell you, the world doesn't like those who have a desire to be different. They want to be able to look at you and say, you're just like everybody else. But there's something inside of a Christian. There is the seed of God inside of a believer that says, I am not going to stay the same way. I am going to become more godly. I am going to become more like Jesus. I am not going to stay at the same level. I am going to rise. And the world doesn't like it because they want to say, you're a drunk like we are. Or you curse like everybody else. Or you're a, a lewd individual like everybody Everybody else, but you can say, no, our God has delivered me from that. I'm different. I don't speak the way I used to speak. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't act the way I used to act because Jesus is inside of me and he's made me different. And when we embark on that adventure, the world won't always receive us. But don't shirk it. Speak up, sacrifice, take the godly risk, have faith in God. When Joseph came to his brethren, they said, behold, this dreamer cometh. And they teamed up against him. At first, they were going to kill him. Reuben, you got to think about this. Eleven brethren wanted to kill him. One brother said, 
let's not kill him. What if that one man would not have spoken up? What if that one brother had kept his mouth shut uh, under the pressure of 11 other brothers uh, who wanted to do the wrong thing? Aren't you glad somebody spoke up? And I'm going to tell you this year, there's going to be a time that you're going to need to speak up. There's going to be a time that you need to stand out and be different. There's going to be a time to say, no, I don't agree with that. No, I'm not going along with that. And because Reuben stood up and spoke up, uh, they didn't kill Joseph. Man, the story would have been different if one person didn't speak up. Now we know what happened. They eventually took Joseph. Reuben was trying to get him out of there, but he didn't succeed. He didn't succeed in saving his life. But the other brethren saw these Ishmaelites coming by, and they said, well, let's sell him into slavery. And they sold Joseph into slavery. And so the adventure begins. Sent by his father, betrayed by his brother. This story's getting good. Amen. Sent off to a faraway land he's never been before. And there, the Bible tells us he was sold to a man by the name of Potiphar. Now every adventure takes us not only an adventure we must embark on, a place that we've not been before. So Joseph is in a place he's never been before. Different food. Different languages, different, uh, different habits of the people around and about him. We are going to be going to a land this year that we've not been to before. We are going to embark on a place uh, and a journey that we've not taken before. I don't know what this year has for me, nor do you. And at the end of 2023, maybe we'll look back and say, wow, I didn't expect to go there. Now, I want you to think about this, because one of the things that Joseph had to overcome, we're going to get to the monsters he fought, but one of the things that Joseph had to overcome was he had to overcome the temptation to become bitter. Can you imagine what it would have been like if Joseph, uh, all along the journey, kept saying, I can't believe my brethren sold me into slavery, and here I am stuck in this faraway land of Egypt. I didn't want to be here. I don't know why they sent me here. Why am I stuck here? God, this is not fair. Have you ever, have you ever taken time to play around in a pool of self-pity? Have you ever sat around saying, well, I can't, I don't understand why this is happening and why that's happening. It's not fair and I'm not getting treated right and I can't believe that this took place and I can't believe that that didn't take place. Listen to me, I'm going to tell you something, you're not going to like it. This year you will be treated unfairly. What are you going to do about it? Suck it up, buttercup. I'm just telling you, this year you're going to be treated unfairly, so you have a choice. You can sit around and for the rest of the year say, I can't believe it. I didn't get the position, or I can't believe it that this happened to me, and I can't believe I got hit by some car and the person didn't have insurance. Here I am, I'm paying my tithe. God, why is this stuff going on? Can you see it? Now, if you play in that, that pool of self-pity, you will become bitter, and you will become uh, cynical, and you will become skeptical, and it will undermine your faith. But Joseph didn't do that. All he could say was, well, God, this may not be fair that it happened to me, but here I am. Let me make the best of the situation in where I'm at. And that's the best thing that you can do sometimes. You can cry about it. You can bemoan it. But that won't help you, will it? 
listen, I've done it. I've sat in my own, whether it be physical mess or spiritual mess, and say, man, this is a mess. This is awful. And you just look at it and say, what a big mess. Who's going to clean this up? And the more you just look at it and think about it, the more bad it gets. But if you can just get up and say, you know what, let me do something about it. Let me put this away, or let me clean this up, or, or let me straighten up my thinking, or let me organize this. Pretty soon, uh, things start getting better. Now, Joseph was in an unfair situation. He's in this venture. He did not get bitter. He did not uh, allow the situation that was unfair to poison him. He just said, well, here I am. Let me be the best me where I'm at. And because he was the best me where he was, he began to rise. I saw an example years ago, maybe when I was in Alaska, and you've probably seen it. They had a jar of beans. They had little beans, and then they had, I think, some buckeyes. You know what buckeyes are? They're kind of like big beans. Picture a golf ball. And he would take, the guy would take the buckeye, and he'd put it way down the bottom of the, the jar of beans. And then he'd begin to shake it. And after he shook it and he shook it, that buckeye would just rise to the top. And every time you'd take it and you put it back down and he'd shake the beans and that thing would just rise to the top time after time after time. Well, that's what happens to a Christian. We're stuck in an unfair situation, maybe down, forgotten about in some far off land, being, being treated unfairly. Things happen to us, and we're just sitting there saying, I don't know why this is going on, but a real Christian is going to begin to rise up and say, it may be unfair, but I'm going to be the best me where I can be right here. Listen, light shines the farthest in the darkness, and so if God wants to illuminate the world, sometimes he lets his lights, his sons and daughters, end up in some dark caves some dark nights, some midnight places so that we can begin to shine in the dark places and make a difference. A flashlight among a bunch of flashlights isn't very worthwhile. Turn your lighter on right now. What good is that going to do? But when all these lights are off, you'll see Reverend Hill and myself and William Turning these little flashlights on in our phone so we can figure our way how to get out of the chapel. Amen? Because it gets dark in here. And so God sends us on this great adventure to a land far away. And then Joseph had a monster to overcome. Now Joseph fought many a monster, didn't he? We could say Potiphar's wife who tried to seduce him. That was one monster. We could say his own desires. He was a red-blooded man. He probably, probably looked at her and said, man, she's a good-looking girl. But he had to fight his own desires. He had to fight the temptation to become bitter. And at last we find he had to fight the desire for revenge. And we'll get back to that. But through it all, our hero shines forth and is held up as an example be like him. Now, some stories you read, they're not stories of examples. Be like him. Some are stories of warning. Don't be that, that guy. Amen. <laughs> Don't be that girl. Did you know, as we turn the page of 2022, we're writing our life story. When your life story is done, 
when your children, your grandchildren, or the future begins to read your story, will it be a story of example? Be like she was. Be like that young woman. Be like that young man. He rose from obscurity. He came out of unfair circumstances. He dealt with the situations where he had all the world against him, but he didn't allow it to be, make him bitter. He rose up. What will your story be like? Monsters, temptations will come. And to most of us, they will come from within. How do I conquer them? The Bible said, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul said, I keep under my body. What was he saying? The greatest fight that he was fighting was the monster of this flesh and this unsaved flesh that wanted to do the wrong things. And he had to discipline it. He had to keep it under. He couldn't keep feeding it. And I'm not talking about eating. I'm talking about fleshly desires that we give into. The more TV and the more world and the more garbage you consume, the more you want to consume it. Until it becomes a monster that you can't overcome except by the grace of God. And so Paul said, I've got to keep this thing under. I've got to keep it defeated. I can't let it rise up and become stronger and stronger. How do I do that? I've got to pray. How do I do that? I've got to daily read the word. How do I do that? I've got to have times of fasting, times of self-discipline, times where you say, you know what? I'm just not going to do that for a while because I don't want my phone to be my God. Or my computer to be my God. Or the internet to be my God. Or the TV or the music. Whatever it might be. I've got to have Jesus be my God. If we don't push down the flesh, it will become a monster. We have a hard time defeating. I'm almost done. Stay with me. But you see, the next thing a good story needs to have is what? You've got to have a treasure. You don't fight the monster for no reason. Usually the monster is defending a treasure, isn't he? Behind that monster in that cave, there are riches to be had. Well, the, the monsters that we fight, flesh and sin and self and the devil, they also, there's also a treasure behind that. And that treasure behind that is to have that relationship with Christ. It's to be able to say, I'm becoming more like Jesus. There is a treasure to be had, to be able to stand up and say, my flesh didn't kill me. I didn't allow that. By God's grace, it did not take me down. But God gave me victory over it. There is a treasure to be had. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. The devil would love to make you a trophy on his mantelpiece. Look what I got. I killed her. All it took was some dude with a few muscles. Look what I got. I killed him. All it took was a lady batting her eyelashes at him. Look what I got. Another Christian, a trophy on my mantelpiece. All I had to do was give him a different job. Took him out of church all the time. Look what I got. I got another seasoned saint. I just got them bitter, made them crossed up to where they were upset at everybody. Whenever they came to church, they couldn't receive anything from God. Don't be the devil's trophy. 
be God's treasure. To where God can say, have you considered my servant Maury or my servant Don or my servant uh, Crystal? Have you considered them be God's treasure? At first, Joseph's treasure was contentment in a strange land. He learned how to prosper, though he was far from home and far from family, by walking with God. And you'll find in the scriptures how that the Bible tells us the Lord was with him. In the prison, the Lord was with him. In the uh, uh, Potiphar's house, the Lord was with him. Then his treasure was being able to offer forgiveness from a heart free from bitterness. Remember, it was his brethren. I got to stop. I got to tell the story just so those who don't know will understand. His brethren had traded Joseph, had sold him into slavery. And then later on, Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt. And his brethren, who were in a, a land that was suffering famine, came to where Joseph was in Egypt to buy corn. They didn't recognize who Joseph was. And there Joseph was up there as prime minister. He looked different. They hadn't seen him for 17 years. But Joseph recognized them. And now we had the chance. Now I can get back at them. Now I can do them like they did me. But that wasn't what Joseph did. When they came, and then eventually he made himself known, then the brethren got really afraid. He's going to get us back for sure because that's what the world does. But Joseph said to them at the end with tears streaming down his face, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What does this have to do with me? Well, there was another great story. Jesus left heaven and went to a faraway land on this earth. Jesus overcame the monster of sin and the devil and death. De Jesus found the greatest treasure, fallen mankind, and made a way for us to come back to the Father. Jesus brought us safely home. That's why the gospel story is the best story. And it's still going on tonight. And maybe God wants to write one more page. How about you? Where are you on this journey? Far from home? You can come home tonight. Where are you on this journey? Facing a monster? God can give you grace to overcome tonight. Your 2023 can be the best year you've ever experienced if you'll come to him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Adventure awaits. Let's embrace it. Reverend Hill's going to come and lead the altar call. I'll tell you what, Reverend Tuig, why don't you come and Reverend Hill, you help us. Tonight, when we open up this altar, why don't you come and say, Jesus, I'm not going to hide in the corner somewhere, avoid every trial. I'm going to step out in faith. I want to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I want to embark on this great adventure. I know there may be monsters to conquer. I know there may be a land I've never been to before. But I know that you said you'd be with me. And if you'll be with me, I'll not fear what tomorrow will bring. 
I know you are in control. Reverend's going to come and lead us in the altar call.